Hey y'all, it's me, Ed Carball, mixed martial arts analyst for FrontProofMedia.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. I'm also at Carbazel on Steemit if you're a Steemit user, and at the BlogboardJungle.com. Also on SureDog.com. Every Tuesday, I write a column for SureDog. You can check it out there. Um, UFC Fresno, UFC Fight Night 123. Uh, we're coming off of that weekend. We had that the same night. We had Bellator 190. And Friday night we had Invicta FC 26, so there's a lot of lots to talk about. Um, we'll start from Friday and work our way towards the end of the the MMA weekend. I know there's boxing too, but you're gonna have to go to FrontProofMedia.com for that because I wasn't very familiar with. I know that was considered a big deal fight for the hardcore boxing fan, but that is not me. Um, so you got to check with them about that. And apparently it was, uh, even though it was high, I know it was highly rated, but it, from the feedback I got from the guys over at Front Proof Media, it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the best fight. And, um, I don't know if it was injury or, or what have you, but it, there seems to be discrepancy of, uh, quitting on the stool, whether it be due to injury or, or be due to fatigue or, you know, your spirit is broken or whatever. I don't know. Um, if you're on anchor and you're listening to this, uh, I'd like it if you call in and, and uh, gave me your opinion on that. I'll add it to the next episode of the next segment. But um, I want to recap everything from the weekend on this chilly Monday night here in New Jersey. So um, we'll start with Invicta FC 26 because if you if you don't watch Invicta by this point after the Ultimate Fighter, coincidentally the number 26 season, uh, hmm, I feel like there's some numerology going on this year. Uh I did, my mind just went my 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 mind just went to another place, <laughs> um, but yeah. If you're on anchor, call in and uh, let me know what you think about the uh, the boxing, what your opinion is of, as uh, of uh, the way the fight ended with uh, quote unquote quitting on the stool, um, whether it's okay to do it due to injury to protect yourself or if the guy seemed like he just broke down his his uh, fighting spirit wasn't there. Let me know. I'm going to uh, move on and talk about uh, Invicta FC 26 from last Friday. All right. So uh, Invicta FC 26 last Friday night. That is, uh, I was actually really looking forward to it. What I like about them is that they they don't do something every weekend. They actually uh, disperse their events so far apart in the year that... You know, every time there's an Invicta FC card, not only is it stacked and exciting, but, um, you know, they make you miss them. And that's like something the UFC used to do that I wish uh, they would get back to. Um, Bellator does that right now, you know, like they're, they, they're, they're busy. They're most Fridays, some Saturdays, but then they disappear for a little while and they make you miss them. Um, and we'll talk about Bellator 190 after this. But uh, so Invicta FC 26... Um, Jennifer Maya, if you can get all the results in the highlight video over at frontproofmedia.com, but uh, Jennifer Maya did successfully defended her flyweight title, and um, I had just mentioned how my I kind of had a little brain fart when I mentioned the number twenty six because the Ultimate Fighter season um, the Ultimate Fighter season twenty six was all for the flyweights, and 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 most of those people in the season were from uh, Invicta, so. And then the, um, on top of that, uh, you know, the event that they had the week after their finale was number 26 and the main event was a flyweight title. Again, uh, she defended, obviously, um, it was a tough fight. Uh, I can't pronounce her, her opponent's name, Aga 
Niewitz. If you go to frontproofmedia.com, the highlight videos there, TJ DeSantis is pronouncing it correctly. I don't get the time that he does to practice names like all these uh, TV announcers do, but one of the, uh, obviously, if, if you haven't heard by now, one of the highlights of the card was that Mackenzie Dern made her Invicta FC debut. She's uh, 5-0 and now in MMA. She did. She made her MMA debut over at uh, LFA on the Access TV fights, and, you know, uh, it seemed like her weight cutting issues and not making uh, 125 was or 115. I think she fought fights at straw weight, but her weight cutting uh, and not being able to make weight seemed to make more more news than her finishes. And if you don't know who Mackenzie Derns is, I su suggest you look her up because she's super hot and she's actually she's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. She's Megaton Diaz's uh, daughter, um, and she's uh, I mean. Definitely, uh, definitely just like she's, she scores all A's. I mean, she's got everything to make it, uh, in the sport. I mean, good looking and got skill. And the thing about the fight was that her evolution, like, uh, you know, she's obviously, she's going to impose her jujitsu on people. But the thing about her Invicta FC debut, like she fought a tough person, uh, Madieros. Um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on her first name, but, um, the chick with the mohawk that fights in Invicta. Uh, anyways, tough, tough fight. She actually threw her down a couple of times. She knew not to engage her on the ground. She was being smart because she didn't want to get submitted. But she wound up getting submitted by Armbar anyway, obviously, in the final round. But Mackenzie Dern showed improvement in her striking. So every time she has, she looks like she's going to have an overhand right that's going to knock people out. Um, she came close with it a few times during a fight. But when she missed during the retreat, she used the lead leg... Uh, a lead leg, uh, like a roundhouse kick, similar to the one that um, Christina Williams did to Heather Hardy over at Bellator uh, when Heather Hardy lost her first MMA fight. Um, and when they back away, tilting their head that way, it was very, it was really, really good. Uh, <clears throat> Dern trains over at the MMA lab with Benson Henderson and all those folks. So, um, yeah, it was a really good uh, debut of Mackenzie Dern. Keep an eye on her. I think she signed on for her. Three or four fights with Invicta, but the way that they seem to work with the UFC, if the UFC wants to just scoop people away because they've taken their champions, Megan Anderson and all these other people, you know, that hold titles and whatnot, they just they just seem to scoop them away when they need them to, to step up for a UFC event and make it, uh, you know, make it a, a hot card. So she's definitely somebody that they would do that. 5-0, and oh, uh, <clears throat> we're going to definitely see more of her. It's really, uh, really um, pleased by that performance. So if you haven't seen it and you don't have UFC Fight Pass, I suggest you get it because uh, she's definitely one you're going to want to watch. I mean, I'm actually, I know she's not going to be on the next Invicta FC event because she just fought, but whenever they do Invicta FC 27 next year, uh, you know, that's going to be a hot card to watch. And if she is back on it, man, she should headline. All right, and then we move on to Bellator 190. From uh, it was so Bellator 190 was on uh, Spike TV Saturday night around around the same time as the uh, I think the prelims for UFC Fight Night 123 were starting. So we had a breakup coverage for that at Frontproof Media. Joel Croici got the results up and did the recap for that. You can catch the uh, the results and the highlight video from. Uh, 
Rafael Carvalho's win over at FrontProofMedia.com. Um, that's probably the most standout thing in the whole event, actually. The uh, the uh, knockout. He fought Alessio Sakura, Rafael Carvalho's Bellator's middleweight champion. And um, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I guess he just he's a champion. He needs to fight. Um, he uh, he demolished him. 44 seconds. It was a uh, uh, punches and an elbow. I mean, but uh, it was weird how uh, Sakura reacted to the event, to the attack because this is the opening of the round and they exchanged and um, he uh, he hit him and as Sakura retreated, it looked like the reaction to getting hit um, was delayed. Like he moved away and then he, you saw his knees went and that, that's when Car- when Carvalho pounced on him and just rained down elbows. Um, it was it was a pretty uh, pretty rough finish. Forty four seconds. I mean that's a that's impressive. That's an impressive win for the champ. And then um, the Colombian uh, young lady that made her debut, she uh, she uh, she took a while to get in the. I did watch some of it online uh, as I was watching uh, uh, what Bellator was putting out on their stream. So I watched her entrance. I mean, uh, cute girl. <laughs> But um, she took a little while to get in the ring, but she won. Um, Lara, I believe, was her name. Well, I'm bringing up the uh, results now from From Proof Media. But um, get her name right, because she's definitely going to be somebody to watch. Alejandra Lara. Yeah. It was her Belter debut. She uh, submitted Lena of Chenikova. Um, and you can catch this, read the synopsis if you missed it. Um, I believe they have the highlights over at Bellator's YouTube channel too. But uh, the first one, obviously, they put out was the win with Carvalho. So these uh, these overseas cards are are usually like smaller cards, so we don't get a lot, uh, you know, as far as um, the undercard. But um, it was definitely a definitely a, a good good quick event to watch. To keep things moving at Bellator, that that was in Italy too. Um, like I said, they were overseas, and now they're they're in London uh, this weekend. Bellator 191. That's going to be uh, Peter Laguerre versus he's eight and one and with one draw versus Michael McDonald. Um, Michael McDonald, if you remember, he excuse me, he was uh, another one of the people that uh, fought in the UFC that they picked up. Um, young man too so uh, when you start seeing the young young guys think that the uh, grass is greener and uh, and then the UFC because you know UFC is always a, a long-term goal for a lot of folks like uh, if you listen to my interview with Austin Vanderford from last week um, that's that's what that's where he's got his eyes on but I actually said to him in the interview I said uh, you know obviously it's you know to make it in any business who you know counts for a lot, and he uh, he obviously having somebody like Chael Sonnen and Ed Herman and Paige Van Zandt being his girlfriend, he's got connections, uh, you know, kids in a good place. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's uh, this coming weekend, um, December 16th on UFC Fight Pass. But um, I'm straying. Uh, Michael McDonald, he's a uh, bantamweight, and he's fighting. He's the main event at uh, Bellator 191, and that's this weekend. This Friday, December 15th, Spike TV as always. So check it out. Um, James Thompson's also on that card, the Colossus. And I miss him fighting, man. The last time he fought, he fought Bobby Lashley. And, uh, man, Bobby Lashley did a single leg on him that was almost like a goddamn knee bar. 
And uh, you could see him cringe if you ever, if you uh, go online. I'm pretty sure that fight is up in the archives for you to watch or use the Bellator app. Um, he was cringing when the takedown happened because his his leg pretty much locked, and Lashley drove into it. It didn't bend. It wouldn't look freaky or anything, but it's definitely worth watching. So <laughs> this weekend, Bellator 191 should be fun to watch on Friday. All right, and finally, we get to uh, UFC Fight Night 123, a.k.a. UFC Fresno, Swanson versus Ortega. Uh, I I don't know what was up with that crowd. I mean, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're in Fresno. I doubt my any of my 15-20 listeners are, but... Um, I don't, I don't, I don't get what was going on with the booing. I mean, there was two bad decisions, right? <clears throat> so I understand that those deserve to be booed. Um, Davish Vili, the uh, the guy that made his debut, um, I thought he won that fight, um, and then he lost the decision. It was a split decision, so he fights out of there. A lot of Sarah Longo guys on that card. There was that one, and obviously there was a uh, Aljamain Sterling against Marlon Marais. We'll get to that in a sec. But um, that one in the Alexis Davis fight, she, I mean, they were both on record as the winner. But, I mean, I, I didn't agree with those decisions. Um, never mind how bad Alexis Davis' eye was swollen shut. It was just, uh, I just thought she uh, wasn't controlling the fight. I don't know what was going on there. But either way, I guess people saw those two decisions and started going for finishes because there's a lot of finishes on that card. I want to say more than the average UFC. But, um... Obviously, the two fights of note um, that most people were talking about this morning were Marlon Marias win over Aljamain Sterling. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, I know I wrote about it. Uh, I think I wrote about it on Steam It. So, like, this region here, this New Jersey, New York region, a lot of the martial artists, you know, we know of each other. I mean, there's, there's, there's usually six degrees of separation between folks that train and... Um, so uh, there's a connection. Marlon Rice trains out with the Al- uh, Almeida guys in uh, Tom's River. Frankie Edgar, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is out of Philly, but he comes, you know, he comes there to train. And um, Mark Henry is the striking coach for them. Mark Henry is also the striking coach. Uh, he's helped out Chris Weidman. Uh, you know, they're part of Sarah Longo out of New York. So um, it's like a, a, a it's like a team. And Mark Henry put that on Twitter. You know, it was hard for him to watch. It was hard for me to watch, too, because having, having spoken to both Aljamain Sterling and Marlon Marais, um, you, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, I wanted to see the fight because I thought it was going to be a long, drawn-out contest because I figured they knew enough about each other. But, um, you know, people make mistakes, too, and Aljamain Sterling, he's actually pretty, he's okay. Uh, he's been pretty uh, lighthearted about it. He's still in, in, on the West Coast as of... Th- this morning but he's still lighthearted about it. he's on twitter and um just making fun of himself the way he fell down and stuff like that so that's lost that way but um he timed the takedown wrong and marlon obviously was he said he meant to throw a hard kick to the body and and going for the single uh sterling ran right into his knee and uh that's where the ko happened and if you look if the whole thing i'm talking about the relationship of the fighters in this region um, the Middle Easy has up a leaked video of Marlon Marias' reaction where 
uh, Frankie Edgar and the guys in his corner and a couple of the officials were like, you know, relax, you know, like, he's going to be all right. He actually felt legitimately bad. He said in the post-fight interview, but he did feel really bad. And he actually put on social media afterwards, too, the same night. He was obviously concerned because uh, Sterling got taken out on a stretcher with a you know backboard stretcher. They just do that as a precaution. Um, but he seems to be fine. I'm pretty sure that when the medicals come out, they probably came out already. I, have, I didn't see them. Because I was working on my Cub Swanson piece for Sure Dog, but uh, I'm pretty sure you know he's gonna take the fulls. Usually, like standard that for out of for safety, they do like a 30 day suspension, but he's probably gonna get like 60 to 90 days pending CT scan and all that stuff um, for his safety. But he, I mean, if he's on Twitter making fun of himself, I'm pretty sure Aljamain Sterling is all right. And the good thing about being young in in the fight game is that you got a lot of time to learn and you got a lot of time to grow. And you got a lot of time to get it back. So, but uh, Marlon Marais, you know, he was uh, he was the champ over at uh, World Series of Fighting. A lot of people like to, you know, dump on that promotion. Um, and they're rebranding to the Pro Fight League now. But I mean, he had a good streak over there. He came to the UFC and kind of had to like reacclimate. But obviously, you know, he said it. I'm going to be a problem for the 135ers, and I believe him. So. Don't sleep on guys from other promotions because uh, they'll take it to you or they'll surprise you. I mean, look at Justin Gaethje. He's another one. World Series of Fighting, um, you know, coached Ultimate Fighter, the, the his Michael Johnson fight. I don't know if the way he fights is conducive for a long career. I might have said that before on, on another podcast. Um, but um, you can't you can't say it doesn't put asses in seats, man. I mean, the... Those guys are good. I mean, those guys are grinders. All those guys from uh, World Series of Fighting. David Branch is another one you gotta, you can't sleep on. Um, he uh, fought Luke Rockhold, and he lost, but you know he almost he almost got him if you if you remember the fight. Um, so we'll definitely see him back. 2018 is going to be an interesting year. So these guys that came over from the uh, World Series of Fighting, them three, they left there with titles. Um, nobody beat them. They, 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 because they left the promotion, they had relinquished the title. So that's something to keep in mind. Stop thinking, uh, you know, that, uh, nobody can come and sleep these guys in the UFC out of the blue because it's definitely happened before and it can happen again. And I mean, as the sport grows, so does the talent. So speaking of growing talent, um, man, Brian Ortega with the choke game, uh, People are making fun of uh, Cub Swanson on social media about the way he fought off the first choke at the end of the first round, but he actually did everything right. And, there, and just because of the angle of the camera on his face, they're, they're like, oh, he was like nervous. Of course you're nervous. Like when you roll and you're fighting off a submission uh, or, or something's coming close, you're going to scramble and there's going to be some frantic, you know, it's going to, what's going through your mind and your body as you look for the answer to what's happening to you, it's going to show in your face, you know? Uh, nobody's just fights deadpan. It's, it's, it, there is emotional content involved in combat sports. But um, he was doing well standing, and uh, he said in the post-fight interview, I agree with him, um, but Brian Ortega, with his... Uh, he actually mentioned the body type too, just a, a better, uh, you know, he's just better at... A, slapping those chokes on he's obviously a choker um i mean because he went for 
what was that he went for at the end of the first round? That was kind of, that was like an anaconda, I believe. I'd have to look at the video footage again, but obviously the one that finished was the guillotine from standing. He just jumped in, and what was crazy about it, uh, he adjusted while uh, hanging off of uh, Cub Swanson, and uh, that only made it tighter, and he had gravity on his side. Um, tomorrow, my shirt dog piece should be up where I mentioned that, but um, that's why I'm, I'm pretty much saying what I wrote when I, when I break down the fight there. It, uh, it's definitely something that... Uh, that Brian Ortega, man, now he's 12-0. Uh, and 0. I mean, with, when you get up there, I, I always say that 15 is the number. You know, like 15 is that number. If you're going to be an undefeated fighter, when you get to, if you can get to 15, you're, you're pretty, you're, you're pretty badass. Usually, usually 11, 12 is when uh, a loss could come if you haven't tasted the defeat yet. But, um, yeah. He's so now he's definitely he's definitely something special and not a jerk either. Didn't talk any trash or anything, um, you know. So he's just uh, you know he's doing what a martial artist that competes is supposed to do. He wants to fight the best and he's bringing his best. So gotta respect it. I mean, as an aging martial artist myself, I actually really love seeing it. So congratulations to him and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. It's uh crazy time here in new jersey the winter is just screwing with everybody um we had snow on saturday and so snowed in watching the fights and i really hate these cold temperatures and this whole time of year and everything about it so i'm not trying to end this on a grumpy note but <laughs> anyway ufc again this weekend uh belter 191 uh friday and vfc 59 also saturday on fight pass um i will be watching it all hopefully you will be too and i'll record another one of these after all the events um i don't think uh, i think joel's got uh no joel's covering the ufc so i'll probably either be watching bellator i know i'm watching i'm definitely watching vfc 59 because uh austin that i interviewed is on there and uh, i think that kid's got something to make it in this sport so Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week. MMA Afterthought, out.